0: Is presented in part by Bridgestone. We're passionate about making tires you can count on to perform when it matters most. This is Popular Technology Radio, your source for the latest emerging tech and hot internet trends. Now, here's your host.
1: Welcome, everyone, to this edition of Pop Tech Radio. I am Mike Etchard, and I hope you're having a great day. It is good to be here. We today are talking about cord cutting. If you don't know what that is, that is the kind of activity of finding alternative ways to get the programming that you watch outside of an expensive cable subscription. So Not sure where you are in that spectrum yet. You might be well down the cord-cutting road, or you might still have a cable package, which likely is north of about $100. I think it's up to almost $150, depending on who your cable provider is. And so today we're going to talk about how to kind of work around that and how that happens. For me, where I live for many years, I had a cable connection like everybody. And when it started to get over a 100 bucks, maybe 10 years ago, I started to get concerned. I switched to DirecTV, and that was another option where I live, of course. And kind of the same thing you know it was an expensive procedure to get or an expensive adventure I should say to get all of the stuff I wanted to watch and and back in those days I was a big fan of TiVo I loved to sort of tape a lot of the programs that I watched and to do that I needed of course a big palette of channels that were available to me um, but at some point it got very expensive and kind of when the economy crashed back in the 2007 8 and 9 I kind of started to reassess and and that's when I kind of started to consider doing it another way. And, of course, the legal way. There were always ways you could find a lot of television programming uh, on the Internet if you knew where to look. But I'm not a big fan of kind of stealing content like that. I wanted to pay for it. I was important to do that, As having worked in the entertainment business myself. Uh, so I tried a lot of different things over the years. Uh, you know, to kind of get the definition straight, a lot of these services are called OTT. It means over-the-top, so that you get television programming – Not via cable, not via satellite, but you get it over your internet connection. So a lot of things we're going to talk about today is what that means, what are the offerings in over-the-top services. And another thing you may have heard about over the last three or four years now, some of these products called skinny bundles have kind of come to the marketplace. These are smaller television packages that allow you to watch certain TV channels, not all of them. But a lot of this kind of depends on what you're interested in. That's kind of the hard part of all this is you might want a completely different set of shows than I want. And are the major networks for television important to you? I do like sports. I do like to watch the Super Bowl and the playoffs. I don't necessarily watch all the games during the season, but I do kind of a postseason sports fan. And here in the Southern California area. I'm a fan of the L.A. Dodgers, and the L.A. Dodgers did a deal a number of years ago with what was then, I think it was Time Warner, that uh, they got exclusive rights to the Dodger games. So very few Dodger games, you you have to have a package that has Time Warner. Time Warner has not done a deal with DirecTV or Dish, so you kind of have to be a Time Warner customer to get the Los Angeles Dodgers where I live. And being a big fan, I like to watch those games. And if you don't have something that is related to Time Warner, you're not watching the Dodgers at all. So a lot of different choices you have to make as you survey the landscape of what is out there. But we've come a long way in the last few years. I The first skinny bundle I did was something called Sling TV, and they had a couple different packages. And I think they are about $20, when the smallest package. I tried DirecTV Now. That was my next kind of skinny bundle offering, and that was around $22, I recall, so a little bit less. Don't forget, you're still paying for an internet connection, though, and that's gone up. That's about $50. So on top of that, you know, you kind of shoehorn in these other services. I don't know about you, but I'm a Netflix fan and subscriber, so of course, Netflix is one of the things I also have at my house, and I'm an Amazon fan, and Amazon is a funny... Different sort of an animal because you get a lot of Amazon content for free if you are an Amazon Prime customer. And I get essentially that content for free. So there's a lot of shows I watch on Amazon. So I try to be judicious and choose the things as best as what my family and I like to watch. And I kind of come in and out of HBO depending on the season. Uh, Game of Thrones is one of my favorite shows. And so I do subscribe from time to time. So that's kind of the great thing right now about cord cutting is most of these services, in fact, I don't think any of them require a long-term commitment like a cable uh, commitment is, typically two years, whether it's with satellite or whether with it's a cable connection. So the great thing about cord cutting at its first level is basically you can kind of try different things out, stop them, start something else without any penalties, which is huge. You still have to have that internet connection. And you have to have a pretty fast one. So depending on where you live, that might be kind of constraining. But uh, that is kind of the world of cord cutting. Right now, I am uh, with a service that is uh, with Spectrum. Spectrum, of course, used to be Time Warner. It's now called Spectrum. And I have something called Spectrum Choice. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And I mentioned Amazon. that as we sit here in mid-March, the field is going to get a lot more crowded. We're going to talk about that also. All these choices for television and content that are coming down the road, and they're hopefully going to save some money with that. So that is what we are talking about today, cord cutting. How does it work in your world? How can it work? And we've got an an expert coming on right after this. So buckle in. We're going to talk about all the different options that are out there, what's coming down the road this year. So we are covering cord cutting today on Pop Tech Radio, so stay with us. We're coming right back after these words. It's going to be good. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back. It is Pop Tech Radio. Mike Etchard here, and we, as I mentioned in the first segment, are talking about cord cutting, and who better to have than the creator, the founder, the proprietor of CordCuttersNews.com. His name is Luke Bauma. Luke, welcome to the show. So happy to have you here.
2: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: So we were chatting, actually, just before we came on the air, that you've been doing this six years. So six years ago, you made that fateful decision... To cut the cord. What prompted that, and kind of how did you get to where you are now?
2: Well, about six years ago, my daughter was just born, our first kid. Had a house, had Stuart loans, had a car payment, and we're like, something's got to change here, or our bills are too high. That $110 a month for DirecTV kept coming up, and it's finally what had to go.
1: similar to me. So, you know, I kind of got into this about three years ago when I started to make maybe four years ago. But, you know, six years ago, you didn't have a lot of choices. There weren't a lot of options. So what did you do to get anything at that time?
2: Yeah, six years ago, there was no Sling TV, Drag TV Now, YouTube TV or anything like that. So we already had Netflix and Amazon. And then we added Hulu. So it really was only a $6 ad at the time. And what we found was before we canceled TV or cable TV, wherever you may have, was we were watching everything on demand. And Hulu had most of what we watched on demand already later on. So we just went down that path. Uh, you add in things like an antenna for locals, but it was a sacrifice back then that today you don't have to make. Today you can just get a Sling TV or a YouTube TV and watch ESPN, WatchBox, or CNN or MSNBC, whatever you may want.
1: Well, let's talk about antennas and over-the-air television for free, which where you live, clearly that is an option. So, unfortunately, where I live, I can get exactly zero television stations over-the-air for free. How do people find out if they can get it? Yeah, I've
2: been there. Mark Twain National Forest, zero over-the-air channels. But for most Americans, you will be able to get over-the-air channels. They say about 90% of Americans are covered. And there's many websites like antennaweb.org, That will allow you to enter your address or just your zip code, if you would like, and see what channels are available. Where I live down here, a little outside of Austin, I get 47 channels. That includes all the ABCs, Fox, CBSs, and
1: more for free with an antenna. That is amazing. And you're not exactly in a city center, right? You're a little bit outside of a city, but you can still get that many channels. That's pretty remarkable.
2: Yeah, I live an hour outside of Austin, Texas, but we get, actually, I get multiple locals because I get them from the Waco, Texas and the Austin, Texas area, so we get really great coverage
1: here. Ah, okay, So and you're getting, of course, the major networks, you're getting some of like the PBS stations, I assume, so you got 47 for free for the cost of a relatively inexpensive antenna, and was that hard to set up, and was is that relatively easy for kind of the average Joe to, to hook up one of these new digital antennas? They're very easy. I... I first had an indoor antenna.
2: You just screw it in the back. You sat next to your TV, and I had about 14 stations. But there are companies, like even Dish, who will come to your home, and that's what I did. I had them get on the roof, put an outdoor antenna, wire it in. They sold me the antenna and hooked it up for $150. No.
1: And it was all set. Oh, my goodness. That's a heck of a deal. That's just a little over one month's worth of cable, if we can put it in those, in those terms. And suddenly, you are hooked up with 40 channels. So that's kind of the first tier for anybody deciding to kind of cut the cable, right? It's find out, A, if you can stream in some free, over-the-air, high-def TV
2: stations. Definitely, because I find most readers that I talk with, the main thing they want is ABC, Fox, NBC, the CW, and all that's free.
1: All that is free. That is fantastic. But there are places, and, and I'm in one of them, unfortunately, where you can get zero of those channels. So for me, that's always been kind of the challenge with cord cutting in my little area where I live, which is a fairly rural area, I should say, and you know, in, I'm in Southern California, mountains and things like that, and valleys makes it hard for some people down here uh, to get that. So, let's actually take a quick commercial break, and <laughs> we come back. Let's talk about skinny bundles, and when all of the when did the cable companies start to realize that, uh-oh, they had a problem, and they started to kind of address that in different ways. And we'll talk about that. We've got Luke Bauma. He is from CordCuttersNews.com. We're talking about cutting the cord. Are you ready to do that? Are you ready to ditch your cable plan and join the dark side with uh, different ways to do that? So we're coming right back. It's Pop Tech Radio.
0: My dad is a proud doer, always building, repairing, or maintaining something. He relies on craftsman tools, and I do the same. Today, Craftsman mechanics tools, metal storage, and lighting are available from your favorite retailers. But that's only the beginning. A full line of retooled and refined products are on the way. Find your favorite store at Craftsman.com. And stay tuned for more big news from this trusted American brand.
1: It's Pop Tech Radio, Mike Etchart, with my good friend Luke Bauma. He, of course, from CordCuttersNews.com, and uh, check his YouTube channel out. He's a great resource, actually, if you are thinking about getting into the cord cutting business, as many of us are. And so, Luke, in the first segment we were talking about, of course, over the air, free TV for many of are citizens of this country that have that, which, sadly, I do not. But let's talk about kind of what was going on with the cable companies. So you did this six years ago. I kind of jumped in about three years ago. When did the cable guys go, uh-oh, we've got a problem? Yeah, about three, maybe
2: four years ago, Sling TV kind of broke the glass ceiling. Uh, they're owned by Dish, but they launched a live TV streaming service, and they called it Sling TV, and it offered, for at the time, twenty dollars ESPN 1, 2, Disney Channel, and a ton of other content out there. And for the first time, you didn't have a contract. You didn't have equipment rental, hidden fees, and more. But you could stream cable networks. And it really changed core cutting forever.
1: And I had it early on. I come from the entertainment business. and in Back, let's say, in the 90s and early 2000s, we kind of referred to a lot of these cable providers rather meanly as Dumb Pipes. The cable providers, they didn't own any of their own content. They had to license content. And one of the challenges, of course, for, let's say, Time Warner was that they bought a lot of these channels in packages from the content creators, from the major studios and those folks. So they didn't necessarily have the ability to get a la carte programming, for lack of a better word, which is kind of what we all wanted. You wanted to just basically choose the channels you wanted and pay as little as possible. They didn't buy them that way. How did sling and then dish how were they able to kind of make that happen in those early years
2: well i think desperation Uh, they saw the numbers going down even though there wasn't a true replacement for cable at the time and it was an experiment that now everybody's jumping on the bandwagon with i think it's at the point now where if you're not looking for other ways to reach your customers you're getting left behind and now we're seeing disney going direct
1: to consumers cutting out the mill man yeah NBC's doing the same and more So everybody kind of read the writing on the wall, then you're kind of putting that line in the sand about three years ago. Um, How was the reaction to sling when it first came out? Because I remember seeing it, in fact, at the Consumer Electronics Show and being pretty excited about it. Was it met with an avalanche of success? Or was it sort of moderate success when they first rolled it out? Well,
2: Sling hasn't really said on their end how they thought went at launch, but it seems to have done better than expected because earlier on, if you remember, they got slammed, and a lot of their servers went down, and it sounded like a lot more people signed up than they thought they would. And very quickly, PlayStation View jumped on, followed by many of the other stay like DirecTV Now, YouTube TV, Hulu, and more. So it seems to be doing well, and now there's millions of people
1: just getting their TV, both locals and cable networks, streaming online now we, you know when we first started talking about this you mentioned that it was you know about 110 dollars you were paying for direct tv let's say six years ago so 2013 more or less um i have a friend in the business who is at writer brent butterworth he writes for the wire and other great online sites and magazines and his kind of running theory is that no matter how you slice it we're going to be spending About $100 a month, (laughs) whatever your mainstays are. And as these companies now, because you mentioned, so Sling TV, uh, the first package I had was $19.95 a month. When did it go up? Yeah, Sling
2: TV is now $25, and that happened about a year ago. So they had about two and a half years of selling at $20. compare that to cable where they're going up sometimes twice a year, uh, it's still a great deal. Uh, There's been many studies that say the average core cutter saves about $85. The average Comcast bill, if I'm remembering this correct from a recent study, is $150 a month just for the TV side, not counting internet. So there's still a
1: lot to save there, uh, and it really depends on what you want. And one of the reasons I certainly appreciate all the work you do on your website and on your YouTube channel is you kind of talk a lot about there's not one size fits all. It sure depends on what you watch and what you're interested in and what your needs are. So it's kind of hard to give advice to people without knowing all of that backstory, right?
2: Yeah, that's the great thing about core cutting. Cable says, hey, we have three or four packages and you're going to have to pick one of these packages and too bad if this isn't really what you want. Where with core cutting, heck, if you like anime, you can get a service uh, that does nothing but anime. If you like fishing, there's whole apps about videos and nothing but fishing and outdoor life or news, and more. So you really get the chance to build your own package how you want it and pay what you want. I know cord cutters who pay nothing for TV. They use an antenna, some DVDs, and that's it. Other people may add in Netflix and Hulu, and they're very happy with it. Others may say, I really want ESPN Live. So they get ESPN through a live
1: TV streaming service, and that works for them. Let's talk about the elephant in the room, though, because all of this stuff is... I'm not even using its phrase anymore, the, these sort of over-the-top services, OTT, which referred to, of course, anything that's sort of streamed. But at least in my neck of the woods, <laughs> as, as all of these guys are consolidating, now Spectrum is the one in my neighborhood, uh, boy, I'm sure seeing my internet charges go up constantly. And I'm assuming that is happening nationwide as well.
2: Yeah, the lack of competition in the world of home internet has been a major issue, but that's changing. Last year, Verizon was one of the first major wireless providers that made it a 5G home internet service available for $55 a month for like $300 down, no data cap. T-Mobile is launching one, AT&T, DISH is getting into it, and more. So soon, instead of having maybe two or three, if you're lucky, internet providers, you may have eight, nine, or ten home internet providers through something called 5g home internet
1: all right that is fantastic we to take a quick commercial break we are talking with luke bauma he of course is from cordcuttersnews.com we're talking about cutting the cable letting yourself go free we got more when we come back it's pop tech radio
0: It's Dodge Performance Days, where that new car smell gets replaced by the scent of burned rubber. With Dodge Charger and its available best-in-class 485 horsepower, Dodge Challenger Hellcat Red Eye with up to 797 horsepower and 707 pound-feet of torque, and the powerful 7-passenger Dodge Durango. Hurry in for great deals now at Dodge Performance Days. For its large regular car vehicle segment, Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC.
1: Hey, it's Pop Tech Radio, Mike Etchart with Luke Bauma, he from CordCuttersNews.com, talking about cord cutting, getting rid of that bloated cable package, and self-selecting the things that you really want to watch. And Luke, in the last segment, you, you mentioned the approaching 5G, and that, it sounds like, is going to give us more internet choices, certainly where I live, and this is probably a, a similar situation for many listeners and many folks that are interested in doing this. I had DSL at some point. DSL, of course, is tethered a bit by the distance you are from the central phone office in your community. I'm right at the end. So while I can get DSL, it's not great. So I really have one choice. And that choice in my neighborhood is Spectrum. And that's, of course, a cable internet service. But 5G is going to open the door a little bit. So this is going to be over-the-air internet connection, right? For 5G, I I assume we're not going to be needing any sort of, of cable connection or any sort of wired connection. This is going to be over the air like our cell phones. When do you think it's going to really kind of roll out pretty big? Because I know it's starting. We've done a show on that. It's going to be a bit, right? We're still maybe a year and a half, two years away, I'm thinking.
2: Verizon's planning to expand into 30 more markets this year. T-Mobile is talking about launching it this year. Even at and is hinting that this year, maybe the year they go live, along with Dish and others. The problem has always been having to dig up everyone's yard right run a new wire to each home in a town is very expensive very time consuming well 5g is like the next generation of cell phone data so you have 3g then 4g and now 5g but it's really built for home internet. and the idea is you put one of these towers in a neighborhood and now you connect a few hundred homes instead of having to physically dig up each home
1: Oh. I can hardly wait. <laughs> I'll be honest. I am ready for some competition in my neighborhood for my uh, internet dollars. And I guess one of the other things to consider, you mentioned you have, you had, at the time you had had a young child, you know, for my house with two kids and a wife and me watching TV, sometimes four of us are watching different things on different devices. And I got to think that is kind of the standard where home entertainment is going And boy, we have such high data needs. And even with our pretty fast spectrum connection, I notice clogs. And I'm guessing that's everybody's situation.
2: Yeah, one of the main issues with that is you could have the fastest internet in the world, but you could still see buffering, right? You play Netflix and all of a sudden it stops and that little wheel starts spinning. Well, what often is happening is poor Wi-Fi. You may have great speed, but if your Wi-Fi signal is weak, that may be the big cause. So we always say, make sure you have strong Wi-Fi, or if you can, use an Ethernet cable.
1: Yes, and in fact, I'm on an Ethernet cable right now, and that makes a huge difference. Now, I know you guys are talking about, there's going to be a fairly big announcement. It's, we're having this conversation in mid-March, and at the end of this month, my friends from Apple might have some sort of an announcement, which I believe you're going to be covering on your, on your YouTube channel as well. What do you think they're going to talk about at the end of the month?
2: Well, we know they are announcing something. What is the big question? Bloomberg says it's going to be a new streaming service meant to take on Netflix. We've known Apple is producing original content, kind of like the Netflix originals. They're trying to strike deals with partnerships of other studios like HBO, Showtime, and Stars. Maybe we'll learn exactly what this new streaming service from Apple will be. And they've been
1: teasing something for a number of years. Maybe they going to bring out a TV. An Apple television. Anyway, that never came to pass. And then there was another thought that some sort of service, maybe it would be a TV service, maybe not. It's appearing that it's going to be similar to Netflix, perhaps. If I'm Netflix, I got to think it might be an uncomfortable year because – at least the things that I know of. So we've got a potential Apple competitor to Netflix. Disney's going to be introducing a service called Disney+, Plus, which is likely going to be another Netflix competitor. Uh, Now that AT&T owns Warner Brothers, and I think that new joint venture is called Warner Media, they might have something. So I guess as consumers, we are going to suddenly, maybe by the end of the year, instead of having Netflix, we might have a choice of four. What do you think that's going to do to Netflix?
2: Well, I think Netflix is so far ahead. The more interesting thing is a lot of the smaller streaming services out there. Will they survive? And it's the open market. It's what we always dreamed about, right? Yeah. Unlimited options. Some
1: will work. Some won't. What is your makeup right now at your house?
2: Right now, well, I have everything. You yes, need the device.
1: Be painful. I'll put it
2: that way. At home, I've actually been playing around with the Roku TVs. Very, very happy with
1: those. Thousands and thousands of apps to pick from, many of them 100% free. Wow. Okay, that's pretty cool. So that's with Roku. As we mentioned in the first step, you're covered with over-the-air, so you don't need to get the major networks. You don't need to pay for those, right?
2: Yeah. So I typically just have like a Netflix, Hulu, Amazon at home, and then during football season, that's the great thing about core cutting, I'll get a live TV streaming service so I don't miss any of my football
1: games on ESPN or FS1.
2: Then football season ends, and I cancel it no contract.
1: Interesting. All right, so I have something that I think I might have alluded to in the before you came on. To the best of my knowledge, it is not available to everybody. I got an email notice about maybe 10 months ago from Spectrum offering something called Spectrum Choice to me, and it's basically all the major networks I do need. And that's what kind of makes cord cutting for me a little bit of a challenge. With this Spectrum Choice, I'm getting everything that you can probably get for free over the air. So the PBS stations, the major networks, et cetera. I'm getting all those for free. And then I get to choose 10 other cable network, I suppose. So I chose ESPN and History Channel and some other things. And that is $19.99, And that is, I've been told it's going to stay that price for two years. Have you heard of Spectrum Choice? And I've mentioned to other people that have Spectrum. They've tried to get it, and they can't get it. You had to have been offered it.
2: Yeah, Spectrum Choice is the first real a la carte TV, or at least as close to it as we've ever come. I believe it's 24 99 right now for new subscribers. Okay. It's rolled out. You have to be a Spectrum Internet customer. Yes. And then you can add this. And you're right. You get the, your locals. You get a bunch of music channels I don't think anybody really cares about, but they're there. And then you get to pick 10 channels. You want the Weather Channel, ESPN, the CNN, et cetera. You pick what you want. And there you go. This has been the dream of TV for some time. Spectrum was the first to do it. They did at first, it sounds like when you got it, was the time where it was like, okay, only in these specific towns. Yes. Since then, they've rolled it out to additional markets.
1: Spectrum choice. All right. On that note, we've got to take a quick commercial break. We are talking with Luke Balma, he, of course, of cordcuttersnews.com. So stick with us. We're coming right back. It's Pop Tech Radio. Tech Radio, Mike Etchart, and Luke Balma from CordCuttersNews.com. We are talking about getting rid of that hellacious cable bill and replacing it with, well, it depends on what you're interested in. We were just talking about Spectrum Choice, the new thing that I have, and now Luke, you mentioned in the last segment that is now available to any Spectrum customer, so it is the closest thing that exists for true a la carte. Are you hearing any rumblings from any of the other major cable companies that maybe they're going to roll out a similar thing. Spectrum is leading
2: the charge in a la carte TV. Of course, Comcast and others have their own streaming service that you can get if you're a Comcast customer, but they're more like the Sling TVs and the YouTube TVs. So hopefully more move in that direction. Discovery, though, just announced they plan to take some of their smaller channels from their Discovery and scripts and start selling them directly to the end consumer. Bypassing Spectrum, bypassing Comcast
1: and going straight to you. Interesting. Essentially, CBS did this, gosh, maybe two years ago, three years ago with their CBS app. Again, we're kind of back to that scenario where you really have to be judicious because it's very easy to suddenly have that $100 bill again, doesn't it?
2: You know, it really comes down to self-discipline. You pick (laughs) what you want. You know, and again, you be careful. But the great thing is, there's no contract. So, I, like I said during football season, get a live TV streaming service. When Silicon Valley and HBO comes out, I'll get HBO now. But when Silicon Valley ends, done. Maybe Game of Thrones is your thing. I find by rotating services, I can try out a ton of services, watch more content than I ever want, and still pay a lot less.
1: Yes. And I'm finding myself following kind of a similar route. And you mentioned Game of Thrones, and that is my thing. So I've recently resubscribed to HBO, rewatching some of the old episodes in preparation for the big April 14th day of the last season. And that's refreshing, I got to say. And you know, I went through Sling TV, I've had DirecTV now, and now I'm with Spectrum Choice. So Sling, of course, is owned by Dish. Is there anything on the horizon offering some of these skinny bundles Or we kind of have the players are set now, or, or might somebody pop in new? Well, there's a. St-
2: Still a few more out there. T-Mobile has said they intend to launch a TV service sometime this year. We'll have to wait. That one a lot of people are excited about. There's a lot of smaller companies out there launching services. VidGo is one that will be launching a live TV streaming service for U.S.-based channels this year. So I think we're far from done. We're still in the very early days of cord cutting where really anybody can win right now and become the biggest service out there.
1: In the entertainment business, we used to refer to a lot of these companies as dump pipes, the the cable providers, because they licensed content and they delivered it. That's all they did. That, of course, has changed. Universal is owned by Comcast. Warner Brothers now is owned by AT&T. So a lot of these cable guys have gotten in the content business. Was that to kind of protect them from this kind of end around that now is seeming to be available to consumers to kind of bypass them and go directly to the content creators?
2: Definitely seems to be a rush to buy up what you can right now in an effort that maybe if I own a bigger piece of this pie, as core cutting shrinks it, I'll be okay. So you see things like AT&T buying DirecTV and Time Warner and Comcast buying NBC, Universal and more. Will that work out for them? We'll have to wait and see. But it does mean that they're cutting out the middleman. You know, back in the 90s, those was all about cut out that middleman. Well, now we're seeing that come to TV.
1: Yes, we are. But it's funny, you know, the challenge that I'm seeing or or that I'm kind of sad about is like a lot of things in a lot of different industries, these media companies, we're seeing them consolidate. And so at the end of the month, I think the Disney Fox deal will be done. So there's going to be five major movie studios now instead of six. Are there any kind of new guys, maybe from Silicon Valley, that are wanting to jump into this? Or is it still kind of the big media companies and cable providers and cellular telephone companies?
2: We're definitely seeing a lot of new companies pop up. Of course, you got Netflix and Hulu and Amazon who have been creating great original movies and TV shows and winning awards. we got a lot of smaller ones popping up. The original founder of the Discovery Channel wasn't too happy with what he was seeing in the Discovery Channel, so he went and launched something called CuriosityStream, which is basically classic Discovery Channel content, even with some of the original early hosts, now streaming online for like $2.99 a month, tons of content.
1: Wow. Now, you know, one thing that I notice is, you know, depending on how old you are, I think I'm finding myself on the older end of the spectrum. But, you know, there used to be this crazy thing, old technology called TV Guide. How does one kind of find out about the entire sort of universe, the entire universe of what is going on with content and channels and television with loosely television options? What's the best resource for finding because it is a gigantic landscape and maybe the answer is cord cutters news
2: well there are tons of websites out there trying to answer that question but recently the streaming players have been working to address that issue roku has the roku channel which consolidates a bunch of content single place amazon on the fire tv on the home screen recommends content try to help you discover it apple has their apple tv app for the apple tv and iphones and more that does the same thing. So it is kind of that discovery phase, finding it all out. Of course, you could follow a site like corecarsnews.com. And you can also check out your streaming player or your phone. Amazingly, a lot of these devices are becoming aggregators
1: to bring you content. Right, exactly. And that sort of service has always been incredibly important for any sort of content delivery, having those aggregators and getting that information as to what's out there. What has you most excited kind of on the horizon as you look kind of, let's say, the next 18 months? What are you pretty excited about?
2: Well, 5G that we already talked about will change the world by making internet cheaper and more available. But I'm very excited about a lot of the new streaming services. Of course, we have disney plus coming out which is going to be a family focused streaming service that will reportedly include all the back catalog of disney movies plus new originals you have t-mobile tv coming out with a new quote disruptive live tv experience to take on the cable providers and more and then you have a flood of smaller services like nbc news is launching a free news service with eight hours of live programming every day if you want to watch nbc news you don't have to pay for cable anymore. These are the things I think that are most exciting. We're so young into this. So many people are just now jumping into it. What cord cutting
1: looks like today will look very different a year from now. And on that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break. You're listening to Pop Tech Radio with Luke Balma from CordCuttersNews.com. We're coming right back.
0: There are many words you could use to describe the new Kia Stinger GT. Stunning stylish, sporty. The word breathtaking, however, isn't just an adjective. It's a warning. Because while the ability to go zero to 60 in 4.7 seconds might take your breath away, going 60 to zero with powerful Brembo brakes will help you catch it again. The 2018 Kia Stinger GT, fueled by youth. Stinger GT rear-wheel drive using launch control with factory-equipped 19-inch wheels. Results may vary. Do not attempt. Always drive safely.
1: It's PopTech Radio. Mike Etchard, or my friend Luke Balma from CordCuttersNews.com. You know, one thing I didn't really cover, Luke, in this wonderful interview with you, is talking about the device that you use to connect your television to all of this wonderful content. I happen to be an Apple TV guy. We talked earlier about Roku. Uh, of course, you can use smart TVs, and there's also a Google uh, device. Is there anything else in the kind of the hardware world? that's here or coming uh, to just kind of basically make that connection?
2: Well, the big ones, of course, are the Rokus, the Fire TVs, and the Apple TV. But you probably already have a streaming player at home, right? Your TV may already have a bunch of apps on it for Netflix. Mm -hmm. Your DVD player, if you have a gaming system like an Xbox or a PlayStation, you're probably already set. You really can't go wrong with any of them. They all pretty much now have the same apps. It's kind of like ios and android they both kind of do the same thing they do it a little differently
1: and it's really a personal preference on which one you like do you have a sense of of who's kind of winning that battle you know what, what is when you look at the landscape of market share from the main devices let's say amazon google uh, apple roku and others is it all pretty even or, or is there kind of a market leader in that
2: world Roku is dominating within the United States. Over 50% of streaming players sold in the United States are is a Roku player. Wow. Fire TVs next in line, followed by the Apple. Of course, you have smart TVs and game systems which kind of slip in there somewhere in the middle and then at the bottom you have the Android TVs from Google. And
1: are we likely to see another player jump into that? Is that market kind of set, so to speak?
2: It's kind of become set as Roku is licensing their software to TV manufacturers. Android is doing the same. So it's kind of everybody who's coming in is either picking between
1: Roku or Android. Gotcha. And then in terms of content, so we did talk about Disney+. Plus. We did talk about this new potential Apple thing. We've got a potential AT&T, Warner Brothers offering of some sort. You did mention T-Mobile. Is that T-Mobile also expected to be kind of in the similar vein as, for lack of a better phrase, the Netflix model? Or is that going to be maybe something different? And then beyond that, what's further down the road that you know about?
2: Reportedly, T-Mobile service would be more like a Sling or a PlayStation View type service, a live TV service. As far as things coming down the road, WarnerMedia is launching a new streaming service now that they're owned by AT&T. It will include a bunch of HBO content, past warner media stuff so maybe stuff like babylon Five will reappear from the 90s and more will be coming out viacom just purchased pluto tv which is a free streaming service that they plan to grow and expand and bring more viacom content to and really everybody is racing so nbc news coming out
1: fox news just launched a streaming service and more Interesting. Well, it's going to certainly be fascinating to kind of watch that landscape. And, you know, it is one of the things that if you're a student of the history of the entertainment business, lots of people talk about the golden age of TV being the 50s and 60s. But boy, I would say that we are in the golden age of content and entertainment. There are so many great choices now. When I say there's not enough time to watch everything, I mean, that's not not a mild uh, comment. There is just not nearly enough time to watch everything that is great out there and I assume you're kind of in the same boat how do you manage your time and watch everything that everybody tells you about how great it is
2: you know just pick what you like that's the great thing about TV today is you can really focus in on what interests you and ignore things that don't
1: exactly but it's hard to ignore some of the great stuff that's out there so I'm going to ask you one last question of the day what is the one show you cannot live without, no matter how you get it. What are you watching right now on TV or on the movies? Well,
2: oh, I'm re-watching King of the Hill on Hulu right now.
1: Oh, Classic. interesting. Okay. On that note, we need to wrap it up. Luke, I want to thank you so much. Give us the, your URL and your YouTube channel name so folks can kind of follow up with you and follow you.
2: Cordcuttersnews.com is our website. And on the YouTube, just go to youtube.com slash
1: Cordcuttersnews. There's a lot of great stuff there, folks. If you were just jumping into the pool, so to speak, of how to how to start saving money and kind of find the stuff you want and only pay for that, that is, he is a wonderful resource. Uh, I do want to thank, first of all, as we kind of roll through our thank yous here, thanks uh, to our network provider, Radio America, for bringing our show to, to the wonderful stations that carry us across the U.S. I want to also thank my good friend Cody Castleberry. He is the producer and engineer of this show. And when I say he makes it happen, that is not a lie. He makes it happen. He goes back and edits all my words out and makes me sound moderately intelligent. So huge thanks to Cody Castleberry. And thanks for all of you for listening. You know, we are podcast at many of the places you can find podcasts out there, including Apple iTunes and others. If you want to go back and revisit our other shows, please do so. And big thanks to Luke Bauma, Don't forget to visit him at CordCuttersNews.com. And thanks, everyone, for listening. I am Mike Etcher. Thanks for joining us today. We will be back next week with another episode of Popular Technology Radio.
0: The big news from Subaru is the all-new 3-Row Ascent. It's the biggest SUV from Subaru ever. There's room for seven or eight passengers with a choice of second-row captain's chairs or bench seating. It'll tow up to 5,000 pounds. It has the interior space you need for your whole crew. And it gets you where you want to go with the safety of a Subaru, including standard symmetrical all-wheel drive. The all-new 3-Row Subaru Ascent. Love is now bigger than ever. Maximum towing capacity varies by trim level, and trailer brakes may be required. See your retailer for details.